Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Don't Miss This. I'm Emily Freeman. I'm David Butler. We are studying, come follow me, Matthew 4, Luke 4, and 5. Through 5, yes. That was our worst one ever. That's okay. It's okay. fine. But I have on a different shirt. I want my cousin to notice I'm wearing different clothes for this <laughs> one and not the same outfit. So you're welcome. Okay. Um, this we first start off in Matthew chapter 4. It's the same in Luke 4, but we're going to look at the Matthew 4 one. Um, where Jesus goes to the wilderness. And he's there and he fasts for 40 days. And um, uh, Matthew likes to point out that he fasts for 40 days. Because remember, Matthew's talking to the Jews. And the number 40 is super significant to them. It means not only a time of preparation. The number 40 is a time of preparation. Um, Moses fasted for 40 days. So did Elijah. Um, it can also suggest a period of trial, testing, probation, or mourning. Right. So it's interesting that Satan will come to tempt him during that 40 days. And mm -hmm. so it's Matthew, again, is trying to point you to that. Um, what's neat is... Um, the Jews would have known about Moses fasting for 40 days and Elijah fasting for 40 days and now Jesus. And so what you have is, Eli uh, you know, Moses was the giver or the receiver of the covenant, the giver of the covenant to Israel. Uh, to Israel. Mm -hmm. um, Elijah was the restorer of the covenant and Jesus will be the fulfiller of the covenant. So just a neat little, again, Matthew like sneaks those little things in there, which are kind of fun. So we won't spend too much time on this, but there in Matthew 4, um, and or in Luke four, you've got um, the temptations of of the of the adversary to Jesus. There's three of them. Um, the first one to turn breads, I mean stones, into bread. The second one to jump off the temple and have angels catch him in front of the there would be a huge crowd that was there. By the way, it's the edge of the temple and it was gigantic, mm -hmm. and there would have been a huge crowd to make a scene. And the third one to bow down and worship him. And if he does, he says, I'll, "I promise you, you know everything." Um, the light touches, you know, like all this whole whole kingdom. So it might be neat to write, there's spots to write down those and maybe to talk depending on how old your kids are, a discussion with a couple, like um, if those were categories of temptations, you know, what, how would we categorize them? The first one, to turn um, stone into bread, to use, to self-indulge, mm -hmm. to a use physical. your, yeah, a physical craving, mm -hmm. a physical appetite. Um, the second one, um, you might think, like, wouldn't that be a good job to dive off the temple and have all the angels get you and then everybody... A lot about fame, right? Yeah, a lot about right. starting off his ministry with just everybody seeing... Flocking to him. Yeah. Instead, Jesus is going to do simple invitations to people instead of wowing everybody. There's just We learn there that there's temptations that want to make us go and do things at the wrong timing and in the wrong way. Yeah. You know, And then that third one, to love Satan more than God. That temptation always to... You know, to worship him. You know, and we're going to gonna see that first. a lot through here as we go through just those, that temptation of are you going to choose God or are you going to choose Satan, right? It's it's where we started, clear back in the pre-existence, and it's just that same battle. battle and that same choice, right? It's that same agency you got to choose. There's there's going to be one or the other, and which way are you going to go? Right. And, and we see that through this whole lesson. Yeah. And what if you followed the adversary, what would the end result be? And what if you follow the Savior? What would the end result be You know, at the end mm -hmm. of that? Um, it's interesting, I hope you see that after every temptation, 
Jesus responds back with truth. He responds back with scripture. So everything in Matthew 4 of his response is a, a, a quoted scripture from the Old Testament. So that's a that's But you a love the principle. power of that, right? That even in our own lives and as you're teaching your kids, oftentimes what is going to help us overcome temptation in our life is being able to go back to scriptures um, that have gotten us through, right? We're going to go back to those scriptures that we hold tied to, and that's what Jesus did. Yeah. And truth, go back to truth, right? When I know truth, it's the perfect antidote to Satan's lies. Like he might say something to you and you're like, no, no, I know what the truth is. Yeah. You know, I know what it is. So, so um, something neat with those temptations. We usually focus on three temptations. There's one more temptation we want you to notice in this that is an underlying temptation that goes all the way through. We're going to look at it in Matthew chapter four is where you want to be. And... There's a couple things that Satan says to Jesus twice, and there's a lesson that we learn about these. The first one we see in Matthew chapter 4, verse 6. And Satan saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, and then he tells him what he should do, right? And we're going to see it again in verse 9. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if you will fall down and worship me. Oh, but the three, and I verse 3 the is one. the one. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. verse 3, um, he tells him, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If Thou be the Son of God, command these stones. And I just love, in my scriptures, I have marked all three of those ifs. Um, and it's important because it's a pattern Satan does. He makes us question ourselves, right? He makes us doubt who we are. And we're going to see this appear one more time in Matthew. And we wrote this on your study sheet so you can find it. 27, um, verse 40, when Jesus is on the cross, we see that same line come up again. If thou be the Son of God, right? Right. Um, then come down from the cross, right? Don't don't go through what you're about to go through. It's just that constant questioning of who Jesus is. And as we thought about this lesson, one of the greatest um, standouts for us about this lesson is this right here in the middle of your page. Satan seeks to have us doubt who we really are. Jesus invites us to discover who we really are. And you're going to notice those two differences, not just in the story, but in your own life. That is just true. It's what happens. Satan is going to make you doubt who you are. That's how he works. Um, and the Lord, on the other hand, is going to help us discover who we are. And he's going to remind us who we are. And that's going to be the pattern. And we want to actually watch how that happens yeah. in the life of someone. So you can see how that would play out. Instead of watching Satan as he's questioning, you know, if um, then you would maybe do this. We're going to watch Jesus give a set of invitations that actually change someone's entire life. And we'll tell you this at the end, but even as we um, go into it, we want you to be thinking as we um, show these invitations to you. What if you were to accept these same invitations? What would happen if you were? So you yeah. you get us into the story. Okay. Tell us. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. So go to Luke chapter 5, starting right at the very beginning. Um Verse 1, just jumping in. This is the story of Peter, when Peter is called um, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's one of our favorite yeah, stories. It's this such is a, a story good... that we have taught over and yeah, over again just because love. we love it so much. <laughs> and it's so good because it's so real, right? We just, yeah. we waffle like daily with who yeah. we are. Yeah. And, you know, so watch how the Lord like gently like just takes Peter through this journey. Okay, so he's there standing in verse 1 by the lake of Gennesaret, which is um, the Sea of Galilee, another word. That's a word that means the harp because um, the Sea of Galilee is like shaped like a harp. Um, so, starting in 2. 
and saw two ships, this is Jesus, saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. So the, the boats had been brought in, it's morning time, and the fishermen were off to the side, and they were washing, washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, or Peter's. Well, and we should just say, because we already know, how was the fishing? Okay, you're going to find out in just a second. Um, they caught zero fish. It was a terrible night. night. If the anyone's a fisherman, night. you just know. Like, what's Peter's mood that morning? We we ought to just, like, address <laughs> the mood. Right? Hangry. And yeah. just comes in. And, yeah, like, and, it, and it's been the worst night ever. Greg's it, a fisherman. I am married to a fisherman, everyone. Yeah. It, that is the worst day when they come home and you're like, how many did you catch? You immediately know if it's going to be a good night or a bad night by what the number is. Yeah, and then let's up this a little bit more. And he's just not fishing for leisure. If he doesn't catch any fish, uh, they don't eat. Um, they don't get to go shopping. This they don't is get job. to do it. This is, this this is, is his work. profession. It was a terrible right? night, everybody. So when you're done fishing um, in the Sea of Galilee in particular, because of just like what the water's like, you have to wash out your nets um, and then hang them to dry and mend them up before you go out the next And it kind of tells us a little night. bit about Peter's personality, right? He's just someone yeah. who takes care of his stuff. Particular. He's just diligent just, yeah. and, and faithful to to keeping things just the way they need to be. And does it. So Peter's off to the side, washing out his nets, um, ready to go home and have a nap. Because he's been fishing, that's the best fishing, is through the night on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus, verse three, this is verse three, enters into one of the ships, which was Simon, Peter's, and prayed, asked him, that he would thrust out a little from the land. This is the first invitation. So this is invitation number one, that he would thrust out a little. Jesus wants to use his ship as kind of a pulpit, you know, to preach. And so he goes to Peter and he's just like, hey, can you just, you know, can you just lift up the anchor a little and, and push it out so I can be a little bit farther away from the crowd and Everyone here will gather and, on the crowd and they and, can, or on the um, shore yeah, and, and he'll teach. And we love that phrase, just a little. He's like, yeah. just, it's, it's not going to be much. Peter's probably just a little annoyed because he wants to go home. How long is this going to be? I'm, I'm done with this boat. Me yeah. and the boat are not in a good relationship right now because it's done me dirty through the night. <laughs> you know, and he's, but Jesus is like, can you, can you just, a, just a little yeah. bit from, so that would be invitation, That's one, invitation number, number one. one. And we love this, that simple invitation, just thrust out a little. It's a reminder that small actions can actually lead to great things. We're going to watch that happen. Okay, so he sat down Peter, and, and Jesus teaches out of the ship. Now verse four. Now when he left speaking, when he was done speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. Mm-hmm. All okay, right, so well, let's think about this for a minute, right? <laughs> if, he, if, if he's anything like Greg, just thrusting out a little was probably as much as he wanted to do that morning, right? After the whole night, not sleeping, caught no fish, repaired all his nets, did a little favor, and now is going to come the greater invitation. Yeah, and this is going to require him to pull up the anchor, row out, out into that, you know, deeper water. Yeah, and we love the thought of this. The Savior wasn't going to take Peter on a surface journey. That's what we learn right now, right? He wanted the depths of his soul. That's what he's telling him. We, we're about to go deeper, right? He taught the lesson to the people on the shore, but for Peter, this there's is, going to be a deeper lesson this, now. This is going to require deep water. Yeah, and the miracles that he was about to perform were not going to take place in shallow water. Right. They just weren't. So then the next invitation comes... It's right there at the end of verse four. And then he says, and let down your nets for a drop or for a catch. So that's invitation number three is to, is to let down your nets. Right. And Peter's first reaction is important to know because 
This this wasn't just an inconvenience, right? This was Listen. like I already cleaned my nails. I know. If he we already did this. If he dips them back in the water, yes, that means he's got to clean them again. And he's, he's going to mend them again. He says in Luke five verse five. He says, um, and he answered and said, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Like he's just like, do you understand that we've done this all night long? And haven't caught a single thing. There's almost that thing about, I don't know, I think you're a carpenter, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm a fisher. I'm a I do fish, you do wood, okay? Right. And listen, I know this lake. We don't fish in the mornings on this yeah. lake. And and I'm not in the mood. I just, you can almost just... <laughs> it's that what good is going to come from right. this, right? But he's, you know, but he's like, just let... So can you see how it in incrementally... Like these are getting a little bit more difficult. I love how the Savior like just takes him really slowly yes, through this. So you know? nice. And he's just like, just a little. Now go out into the deep. Now yeah. drop your nets down. And each one is just like, oh, and you love this. Mm -hmm. He says. Um, are you in six and seven? Oh, no, this is five. Right? The end oh. of five where he says, he says, just so you know, we know fish and we know this lake and we're so tired and it's not going to work. <laughs> Nevertheless, we love that word. At thy word. I will let down the net. Okay. We got to talk about those nevertheless moments. We can't resist. Right. You have um, to. Yeah. It's just that moment. And you'll see it in scripture sometimes. We see it with Nephi, right? In that moment when he's like, uh, I don't think this is going to work. Nevertheless, he went forth. Not knowing beforehand what he was going to do, right? right? He was led by the Spirit. And right. it's almost as if Peter is having that same nevertheless moment reason says this is this not is a not, good idea it's not gonna work mm -hmm. nevertheless i will trust you yep and that, we're all gonna have those moments right. right we're gonna have those moments when when the spirit tells us to do something and we're like uh, logic tells me this isn't gonna Bad work idea. Or, or we're like this is an inconvenience right but it's that moment when the spirit wins your soul and you're like all right nevertheless whatever you want me to do that's what I'm going to do. And that's what happens. Right. And you remember, in if you were to ever look up faith in the Old Testament, you, you can't really find it because the word is trust. Mm. It's a great synonym. That nevertheless word is a trusting word to say, I don't know everything. Nevertheless, I will. It's a trusting thing. So verse 6 is awesome um, because this is the, the witness of his faith, yes. right? And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they both began to sink. Is that awesome? That like he lets down the nets and pulls them up. And it's like that scene from Nemo where they're all like starting to bounce and like it's pulling it down. And he has to call his friends like, you guys. So they come over and they start dumping fish. And so many that the ships start to sink. And the nets are breaking trying to pull them in. Yeah, it's just the, the vision of that. And right, this isn't something that takes five minutes. This is probably an hour's worth of catching fish, right? And yelling to people, come over and you got to see what is going on here, right? People are watching. Something is happening. Probably everyone had a bad night. And now right, all of right. a sudden, They're what's all, happening yes, to Peter? Yes. Right? And we just love this idea that if you follow the Savior's invitations, your nets start to break with miracles and your ships start to sink with goodness. And those who are around you, your friends and family also. Like, that happens every time, yeah. you know? So they start to break. Peter reacts in verse 8. And he, he saw this and he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I am sinful, O Lord. For he was astonished. And all that were with him, 
at the draw of fishes, you know, which he had taken. Yeah, and you just love this moment, and you have to just ask yourself this. When was the last time you accepted an invitation from the Lord? Mm-hmm. Right? When was the last time that happened? And what happened in your life? Because we want you to picture what's about to happen here. You know, David tells you, you accept an invitation from the Lord, and your nets are going to be breaking, and your boat's going to be sinking, and, and that happens, right? And we've had those moments. Yeah. But there's going to be a second invitation that isn't going to have to do with, with sinking boats or right. breaking nets, right? And that's going to be the invitation that comes next. And, and I want you to think, really, what would you have done? Because set up that, right, they come into shore, two boats now, at Right, least, full of fish. Sinking. And everybody, everything you know, up on the shore. and imagine the scene. Listen, this is his, the greatest night of his career. Yeah, the best and day of his professional are, career, yeah, for people sure. People are clapping. He's going to be front page of the newspaper tomorrow. They're going to make him president of the Galilee Fishermen's Association. <laughs> like this, He's going to go home and be like, honey, we haven't steak tonight. Like, I, you, your boy came through. I mean, this is a huge, big deal for him. Like, his fame will go through the roof. He probably doesn't have the fish for a week because he can just live off of what he's going to sell. This is a big deal. And then the Savior comes, and, and you kind of have to go over to this um, to Matthew 4, because it's a little bit better in Matthew 4. And you're you, just going to imagine, okay, here's Peter. He's probably kneeling down. All his people are with him. They're pulling the fish in. They're probably sorting and counting and doing whatever it is you do if you're a fisherman. He knows what to do. Right. And here comes Jesus. Right. And then he gives this invitation. Peter, I want you to leave your nets and follow me and become a fisher of men. It's in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19 and 20. And we just have to ask you this. First of all, what did Peter do? Right? What did he do? But second, what would you do in that moment? We love a quote so much by Winston Churchill. He says this, To each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. Right. And it's interesting that you think about when is the last time that you you felt tapped? You know, when is the last time the Savior's given that invitation for you to leave something behind that would be really difficult? And, and we love that they're nets because they can be so entangling and can keep you caught up in them. But... What did Peter do, and, and what would you do? Right, and I love, just next to this question, maybe you want to write on there, what is holding you back from fully entering into a relationship with the Lord? What is the, what is the thing that is entangling you? What, what would maybe hold you from accepting the next invitation? Because it's interesting, let's just point out, there's been four invitations in one date. for Peter, right? Four invitations. So right. if you think through, thrust out a little, right, he did it launch out into the deep and he went let down your net okay i'll do that brings in this huge amount of fish right in peter's mind he's like we should just stop here right yeah <laughs> this is this, this is, is a good, good. yeah <laughs> and think if, if the savior had asked him that fourth invitation at the at the beginning of that morning like yeah. do you want to leave fishing and come be a fisher of men He's like, yes, absolutely. I hate fishing because I caught nothing. But he waits until yeah, it's like, like his best day. Right. And then he's like, can you leave even this? Do you have the guts? Do you have the trust to leave this mm-hmm. behind too? Yeah. Right. And that last invitation, which is, and follow me. 
Yeah, and we love it in um, Mark. Um, he says, and Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Right? I'm going to use your talents. I'm going to use what you know, but I'm going to use it to build the kingdom. And I love the thought that he's like, I'm going to make you become something. Peter, Peter can't even imagine what he's about to become, right? He right. has no idea. Right. In his mind, he's not thinking, one day I will lead the church, right? One day I will lead the missionary effort. Um, one day, actually, Jesus will ask me to become a shepherd, right? Yeah. None of that is even on the horizon for him. It's just that little invitation of come and see what I could make you to become. And what if we followed those same invitations? What if we, and they'll be simple and they'll be small like that. Um, what could he help and make us to become if we thrust out a little, go out into the deep, let down our nets, leave behind those things that are holding us back and, and choose to follow him? Like where will our, where will our life mm. lead? Yeah, and you just think in your own life of the moments when you have accepted and, and what has come. Like who are you now because of a choice you made you know, how and, many and what days a great before. and what a great story to tell your kids if you've got if you've got kids to just say like let me tell you about a day when I had to make a decision to follow mm -hmm. an invitation from the Lord and and look where we are, you know because because, because of that mm -hmm. and and it'll be really really important to focus on those things that Peter experiences a closer relationship with the Savior a certain knowledge of of who he is a witness of miracles he won't have an easy life right. he won't be rich. He won't live in a big house. He won't have the job. He, he loses his job. He, He'll he, end up dying for his belief. Right. So right? none of those things. But what is it that he did get to experience because of the decision to follow the Savior's invitations? Mm. You know? So good. So we love this. We love this story. It's so thick with life. You know, it's mm -hmm. so real. It's so... And it's just, you know, there's so many life applications, right? There's so many places where you can look and say, I can see how this applies to me and and our family, and maybe someone in your family is struggling right now with um, a decision or just, you know, what, what they need to be doing, and maybe you just go through that process of um, entering into that relationship with the Lord and saying, what, what can you make me to become through yeah. this? And, and it's, and really is neat to see what can happen. I've got a, um, we've been telling the story for a long time. We wrote a little book about it and gave it to our close friends mm -hmm. and, and family members, and I've got someone who's in one of the, that group who um, had a net that was entangling him and read that invitation that came uh, in this story that the Lord gave to Peter. He says, can you leave this behind and follow me? And, and that invitation reading in the scriptures gave him the strength to do that, to leave that behind and to see what his life is like right now. Mm -hmm. He thought it was something he couldn't ever leave behind and, 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 uh, and realized with it was the Savior who was the one who was giving the invitation and who would give him the strength to follow through and do it and to see what his life is like right now is so beautiful and inspiring. You yeah, know? it's so good. So, okay, we know we're getting long here. We want to end, though, on this story from Luke chapter 4. Um, this is the first time that the Savior will announce his Messiahship publicly, um, at least in Luke and, and Matthew. So he'll tell the woman at the well individually yeah. first. She becomes first, but as a public to a big group. He's in his hometown in Nazareth. So um, we keep seeing there like no people aren't accept, prophets aren't accepted in their hometown. Remember he grew up there and he's in the synagogue and he's reading from the scriptures and he's reading from um, the book of Isaiah. 
And uh, because he was a, a, you know, a trained teacher of the scriptures, he was allowed to stand and do that. Um, and what you would do is you, when you would read the scriptures is you would read them and then you would make commentary on them is what would happen. So that's what he's doing. Um, and he's reading from them. And we want you to go to Luke chapter 4. And, um, and this is in verse 18, the quote, uh, the, the actual scripture from the book of Isaiah. And it tells you if you want to start in 16 is where it tells you he was in Nazareth. Um, and as custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. So it, it just paints for you this picture of him walking up in his hometown. Yeah. Right. This is Jesus, Joseph's son, the carpenter. That's who's getting up to read. Um, and he opens up to where he's going to be. And what we want you to do on this in verse 18 is he, he quotes Isaiah, but this is Isaiah's prophecy about the Savior, that when he comes, remember Isaiah said he won't be a war hero. When he comes, this is what he will do. And it might be helpful to explain this right here in verse 17. Oh, yeah, you'll see in verse 17 it says the, the book of the prophet Isaiah. Um, that's just another spelling of, of the name Isaiah. That's the Greek spelling of the Hebrew version of Isaiah. So if you see that, it's the same that's that's Isaiah, and the Isaiah reference is in the footnotes. Mm -hmm. If you if you want to go to that, so we're gonna Emily uh, read that one, and I'm just gonna make this list of the six things that Isaiah says the Savior will come to do when he gets here. Okay, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now their reaction is going to be just over the top. They're actually going to try and throw him off the cliff. <laughs> because here he is saying, I am who that scripture is talking about. And and the murmur that goes through the crowd is... This is Joseph's kid. Yep. Like this is... What? This can't be who he was talking... This is not who Isaiah was talking about. But what we love about this list is this is who Jesus is. And this is what he came to the world to do. Um, and it's what he is still doing in his ministry today. So when you look at that list, he preached the gospel to the, to the poor. Maybe the poor financially, but most likely the, those poor in spirit. Those who feel um, overcome, overwhelmed by the world. Like anxious about things that are happening. Because remember, gospel means good news. To those who feel like my life's not going to go anywhere. He's like, he came to preach good news. And to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver the captives. You know, this list... It would be so neat, I feel like, to take a few minutes with your family and just list those groups of people, right? The poor, the brokenhearted, the captives, right? Those those people who, whatever is happening, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's um, a hurt that has come to them that they just can't get over, yeah. they can't get past that. Um, that captive um, to the blind. Um, the people who just can't see, where where am I going? Where am I supposed to be going right now? To those who have been bruised. 
um, to list those things and just think, who is that, right? When, right? when has that been you? And this last one, I think some people might have a hard time with this one, but this idea of the acceptable year of the Lord, those who don't feel accepted by Him because of decisions they've made or status in life, and to teach like, no, He came. Yep. And as you look at the people you love who are in those circumstances, or even a more personal experience would be to think, when have I been this? You know, when have I been brokenhearted? Um, when have I felt like I just, I don't know what to do. I can't see a way out of this situation that I'm in. When have you felt bruised? When have you felt like you haven't been given what you need to be able to accomplish what is in front of you? And what has the Lord done in those moments? Because there is power of testifying that the Lord came to do this. And he didn't just say it to those people in Nazareth. He says it to you. And he says it to me. Right? I came to do this. That right. That's the mission of the Savior. That's what he came here to do. And where have you experienced that? Because there's power in you explaining to your family, I know this Savior. Yeah. I have felt this happen in my life and um, the spirit that will come as we share those personal experiences. And 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 as uh, growing up, I mean, my own mom, like I grew up on the testimony of my mom telling me these things. She grew up in a home that um, had a lot of uh, broken hearts and were bruised and, and broken and felt captive. And so I grew up hearing from her, this is what Jesus can do. Like I watched... Um, him heal her heart, mend her heart over years. And before I had any of my own personal experiences, I knew that that is who he was because of her. I, I said to a lot of people a lot of times, like I'm a secondhand witness mm -hmm. that this, before I became a firsthand witness, that this is what he is like. So it's just, this could be a really powerful moment to think about that. When he says, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Well, what day has that scripture been fulfilled, you know, in, in your life? Yeah, so, so good. Oh, this is going to be, stuff. you're going to love this whole lesson. It is so good. Every time I think it's our favorite lesson. <laughs> I was just about to say, do you want to take two weeks on this one? Because you might really like it. But then we yeah, already know we love next, next one. Yeah. It's already coming. It's super yeah. good. Okay, so, see you then. See you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.